0: Alright everybody, welcome in to the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Ezri. If this is your guys' first time listening to the show, welcome to the show. This podcast is free and available on all platforms. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Samsung Radio, iHeartRadio, Radio, uh, so much more, Index, all that good jazz. Thank you guys so much for listening, tuning in, really appreciate it. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit longer. I've been running 15, 20 minute ones. Today's probably going to be right around 20. to 30 minute range Uh, we got a long segment on around the world this week i got a hefty long section on state of the farm for the seattle mariners i got some seattle storm updates for the month of july and then i got some stuff about the seahawks and then we're gonna wrap it up and get out of here for today hope you guys are having a fantastic friday beautiful day outside here in the pacific northwest with that being said let's get straight to it shall we Obviously, first football game of the season was last night. Jacksonville Jaguars, Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders win 27-11. Good overall ball game. Uh, obviously, Trayvon Walker stole the show in that without a question. He did a great job overall uh, just dominating the overall line of scrimmage, all that good jazz. But what it comes down to ultimately for the end of the day for the Raiders is having depth. Uh, we saw the Jared Sidham backup quarterback had a really good day overall yesterday. He, he completed 8 of 15 passes. He would have had an easy touchdown but a wide receiver unfortunately dropped it right through the bread basket but that's due to be expected especially with getting the jitters out for first game of the season uh man yeah Trayvon Walker It's like I said earlier man he was impressive he is a physical specimen him with Caleb on chase on a draft pick from a few years ago at LSU and Josh Allen their star defensive lineman or edge rusher did not play at all yesterday so the future looks pretty bright overall for Jacksonville offense looked terrible for the jags yesterday which is surprising because they spent over 150 million dollars in the offseason so uh gonna have to figure that one out Doug peterson is now at the helm of that franchise uh trevor lawrence year two uh coming off of uh injury travis etienne james robinson all that good jazz so i expect the jaguars have a pretty decent year this year but just wasn't the greatest showing for being the first game of the season josh jacobs is in a contract year for the raiders the raiders showed promise especially with the depth at running back they had uh their backup running backs looked really good yesterday josh jacobs had a good first initial run but he did take some fairly decent contact yesterday which is surprising and kind of odd because especially when running backs due to that position are looking to get paid they usually don't play until about the third preseason game for the starters it's kind of just you know the nfl usual or norm and uh Having him play in the preseason game is kind of, uh, you know, putting all your chips on the table too early, in my personal opinion. Um, I know Josh McDaniels is the new coach over there for the Raiders. He's trying to figure out who is or how his rotation in the backfield is going to end up turning out for the regular season. So I'm opposed to it. But if I'm Josh Jacobs, I'm not loving it by any fashion of the mean. Brittany Griner received an eight-year sentence uh, yesterday due to carrying a cannabis cartridge into Russia. President Biden is continuing to work with a swap with the Russian, uh, I don't know if it's the embassy is the correct word or the correct title for that, but they are still working, uh, uh, what's they are are working hard, I should say, to get Brittany Griner to get back to the States. It's going to require some kind of a swap, unfortunately, I don't really know much more into why, obviously, they're doing what they're doing, Um, I'm not a politics-based podcast here, but due to the fact that Brittany Griner is, without a doubt, one of the best players in the WNBA. Just wanted to shine some light upon that. And just overall, the fact that this is being held over a cannabis cartridge is really saddening. I completely understand that Russia has different standards when it comes to certain things that are illegal within their country. Um, you know, what it, if it's illegal, it's illegal. You're, if you break the law, you break the law. But detaining somebody, knowing who she is and the amount of power and presence she has in the country of USA and the WNBA is a uh, not a great look for either Russia. It's not a great look for, for us trying to get her back with me having her take this long. I hope and pray that she gets home sooner than later because, bless her heart, she's been there for way too long to be with and I'm sure that the overall pressure to get her home will, will hopefully uh, speed up the process and I just wanted to bring that to light and have a little bit of a conversation with that. Matt Stafford, uh, quarterback for the Rams, is dealing with quote an uncommon throwing arm issue. Sean, head coach Sean McVeigh has stated that the injury is similar to ones that MLB pitchers get throughout the season it's not so much a dead arm because a dead arm would mean quite frankly tragedy for the Rams right now Um, the bit of a concern though with this is that Matt Stafford has received an uh, injection into his arm already within the last two weeks uh he Sean McVay did bring that to light um so unfortunately I don't know what exactly this means for Matt Stafford's arm and for his health going into the regular season I don't know I haven't seen any information they've been working on backup quarterbacks or anything like that but I'm sure that we will get more information as we get closer to regular season and the start of the preseason here within the next few weeks and uh, this morning information on wide receiver Demaryius Thomas who unfortunately passed away this off season. initially there were reports saying that it could have been drugs it could have been complications or something else well the official coroner's report came out this morning stating that he had a complication due to his seizure disorder very sad unfortunate thing for dt and his family and bronco's family and all that good jazz um i know that shannon sharp was very close to uh, DT, and uh, he was really an excellent football player, a great man, was a pillar in that community in so many ways, and I'm just uh, saddened for his loss, and uh, now we can wrap up, uh, for lack of a term, come to a conclusion on what happened to the unfortunate passing of Demarius Thomas. Seattle Mariners today, um, I got a lot i got a lot and if you guys are interested in prospects state of the farm as i like to call it kind of just give you an insight on who's getting promoted who's standing out on their cert on their current uh uh, circuits on their leagues on their overall value uh please let me know on my facebook group sports in the northwest please leave me comments on there you can also uh, reach out to me on twitter Capital PNW Professor on there also if you would like to talk to reach out to me upon what stuff you would like me to talk about going forward with the Mariners besides for day to day events and roster moves, which actually what we're going to start out with today for the Mariners is roster moves. They have claimed outfielder Derek Hill from the Detroit Tigers this morning An outfielder uh, they have DFA'd infielder Kevin Padlo for the second time. No shocker there. He's come and gone multiple times. Unfortunately, wish the best of luck for him. Jay Clam has reported to the club this afternoon. Travis Janikowski was DFA'd. Janikowski was brought in from the New York Mets system as a backup center fielder and a speed threat. But now that Jay Clam is on the roster, who can play a little bit of center field, mostly a corner outfielder, there's no need for Janikowski current on the roster. There is no current update on Mitch Hanniger. I have been looking all day, there is nothing quite yet. I'm sure if we were probably gonna get it, it'd probably be coming out within the next hour at the latest. So stay tuned for that. And like I mentioned, state of state of the farm, I got every uh, level, Uh, triple A, double A, high A, single A, uh, Dominican Summer League, all that good jazz here. So what I'm going to start out with is the guys that are going to come quicker or the quickest rehab assignments in triple A, and then we're going to work our way down. Ken Giles and Taylor Trammell are both in triple A right now doing the rehab assignments. They anticipate both of these guys to return to the ball club at a similar timeline. So that's a positive note for the Mariners. Right-handed pitcher Felipe Bello and infielder Jonathan Villar were signed to minor league deals this week during the trade deadline. Promotions in double A were right-handed pitcher Isaiah Campbell and Pre-Lander Baroa. Pre-Lander Baroa was a trade acquisition from the Giants this uh this season. High A. Everett, left-handed pitcher Jorge Benitez, first baseman Robert Perez Jr., who's having an incredible season right now. In shortstop, Ben Ramirez have been promoted single a modesto nuts right-handed pitcher stefan wraith right uh first baseman gabe moncada outfielder gabriel gonzalez shortstop axel sanchez right-handed pitcher gabriel sosa and recent 2022 draft pick hogan windish i'm gonna have a little bit of uh, promotion notes on a couple of these players here gabe gonzalez the outfielder that was uh promoted recently this guy has jumped to the number four overall prospect rating in our farm system right now uh he was signed in 2021 to 1.3 million dollar contract through the international draft slot money uh the Mariners are challenging this kid to a harder assignment just to see how he responds to a, a higher level of competition which is obviously a good uh, sign and a good show of confidence from the organization, seeing his uh, overall uh, growth and where he's come from and his ceiling seeing if maybe playing to a higher level of competition can maybe increase his overall playing uh, on the field so we'll see what happens with that this guy i'm about to bring up is by far my number one favorite draft guy that we got in this year's draft and it wasn't first round draft pick cole young it wasn't uh sean locklear or all that good jazz it's hogan windish 2022 seventh round pick unsc g uh university of north carolina and uh, as far as the g goes i did not find out what, what what the g meant i apologize for that most likely won't be he was transferred to high a modesto probably will not be there for very long due to the fact that this guy is a pure natural well above average hitter first uh, on his season debut for the mariners four hits in his first four total games with the, with the organization, he had 11 hits. They immediately sent him up to the next level, realizing that this guy plays to a different level, which is fantastic, especially when you're a brand-new draft guy. You come into the, the overall ball club. You're producing at a high level. You're showing that you are better than the competition that you're playing with or, right, or playing is with right now, and they're going to just bump you up. They're going to see how well you respond to greater competition, and this is fantastic. I uh, Jason Churchill tweeted out the moment this guy got drafted that the Mariners got another Ty France, which if that's in any case of, or if that's even close to a comp, wow. Seventh round draft pick. Ty France was the 33rd overall, 33rd round draft pick before they redid the draft format. So if that's the case, the Mariners got himself an absolute steal. Players of the month. This is where it gets fun because I got some interesting insight and I got a nice little surprise nugget for you guys at the end of this. Dominican Summer League, the DSL player of the month was Michael Arroyo, third baseman slash shortstop, currently ranks 12th in OPS in the in the entire Dominican Summer League. A lot of people are asking, well, you know, Dominican Summer League, like how, how prevalent or how important is this? If you were to look up and do every single player currently in the DSL, it would take you 11 pages total front to back to get every player's name per line for how many guys are playing in the DSL. It's a fantastic stat. I heard that today. Um, But Michael Arroyo, what he's done essentially, he's he's drawing praise for his strikes on recognition, pure hitting ability. He's currently slugging 549 right now. He's really close uh, behind the towering latest draft pick of 2021, Lazaro Montez, who was their number one overall draft slot money in last year's international slot money draft, who is a monster of a man. Their current uh, comps for Lazaro Montez is by far Jordan Alvarez. Which obviously, knowing how good he is for the Astros, would be a tremendous get for the Mariners. Uh, He might move significantly quicker in the system due to the fact that he played in the New Balance Future Star Series this year. He's played stateside a couple of times. He's not strictly just a prospect that's only played in in the DSL, which is very uh, exclusive, for lack of a term, from all of the overall levels that the Mariners have available to their players. So this guy's going to move if he keeps playing like this. It's a great showing. Single A Modesto Nuts Harry Ford started the season on the injured list he was by far one of our top prospects in our system still is he was a catcher uh, out of the last year's draft class our first round draft pick finished June slugging 542 which for a catcher is fantastic finished July hitting 338 average this guy's got wheels he can run he's got great legs he's got good overall plate discipline he's play he has a good bat to ball skills the ceiling is super high for this kid. I'm really excited for what he, he can do. I imagine Jay get rid of this kid unless it's going to be for a big time package prospect or a big time arm or uh, maybe even like a second base upcoming player. We'll see what happens with that. Double A Arkansas. I get really pumped up about this. Emerson Hancock. This guy has been one of the crown jewels of the Mariners farm system for years. They drafted him in the second round. The same draft as Logan Gilbert. He came in, got hurt, battled some injury problems, had some right arm discomfort. They they shut him down, let him take his time. He went and pitched in the in the All-Star Series or the upcoming All-Star Series or Future Stars series, excuse me, at the All-Star Series weekend in Los Angeles, balled out, struck up the, the side, show, showcased a ninety-seven plus mile an hour fastball. The guy looked electric. He looked like he had command of all pitches. The presence on the mound was fantastic, second to none. I love every single thing about Emerson Hancock. He could be such a pivotal piece. For this Mariners for next season. He, he's probably going to be the exact same timeline as George Kirby was this year. And Logan was last year. You have three pitchers. One to two to three. Who come in. Who are starting the season off with great overall stuff. New fresh track record. Nobody's got nothing on them. And that just. It's a learning process. Like we're seeing right now with George Kirby. George Kirby is got the stuff to be an elite pitcher. I think he will surpass Robbie Ray. By the end of next season, that's how good I I believe George Kirby is going to be. But overall, the month of July for Emerson Hancock was fantastic. He posted a 1.54 ERA, 23 Ks in 23 innings, eight walks, only allowing one total home run, which in Double A is a pretty phenomenal stat. And what's weird about Triple A, right? Because you'd think, well, if we have good prospects at Single A, High A, Double A, what about Triple A? We gotta have somebody, right? Well, quite frankly. Triple A's been kind of a mess this year. Last year was an incredible season last year. Uh, Chris Negron, who's our current first base coach for, for the Mariners, was the Triple A AAA coach last year before they gave him a promotion this year. But the, right now, the best player, and this is going to be surprising, and I guarantee you probably nobody knows even this guy exists because he was a very under-the-market signing a month ago. Fernando Abad is a left-handed pitcher, Signed about a month or so ago, a month and a half ago, 36-year-old relief bullpen arm. Crafty and is known for one thing, an ethos. And for you guys who don't know what an ethos is, the ethos is like the slowest pitch in baseball. It's like a 63-mile-an-hour super-sweeping curveball. Uh, Zach Green, threw it back. back uh, I don't know if he still does now. He used to throw it back in his uh, heyday, back in his prime. But it's a pitch that isn't used very often. But it really messes with, with with the timing of the batters. It gets them out of the funk and everything. I really hope this guy can come up because we just desperately need another lefty. All we have is Ryan Barucki inside the bullpen right now for the Mariners. And, I mean, obviously Matt Brash has been a little bit better recently. And uh, Castillo is still hurt right now. Swanson's playing okay, but he's still not as good as he was before he got hurt. And Seawall has been playing much better recently. So we do need another lefty inside of that bullpen. I don't know how that's going to end up going around. We'll probably have to wait until rosters expand or unless somebody gets hurt. Knock on wood, that doesn't happen. But in eight games uh, for Abad in the month of July, he allowed one run, four hits, one walk, 10 strikeouts, and nine innings pitched. It's not a huge amount of run, but every time this guy came in, he was super effective. He did his job and uh, just a consistent effort on the mound. And for a lefty, You really need that when you get closer towards that playoff push, which is what we're getting to in the month of September. Now, I teased a nugget for you guys, and I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, This is something I heard last night from another podcast. I don't know a whole lot about this guy. I'm doing my research as we speak on him because this sounds like this could be one of the biggest moments for the Mariners since we got Julio Rodriguez. Felden Celestine is a switch-hitting shortstop with comps to Wander Franco and Francisco Lindor. He's one of the top shortstop prospects to come through the international draft slot in over 10 years. There hasn't been a prospect like him come through in a very long time. Six foot two, 180, switch hitter. Um, the rumor around MLB insiders is right now that this guy is already going to sign with the Mariners. It's already agreed to, it's locked in, in into stone. There's no need to worry about it. And if that's the case, if that's true, this guy immediately slots in as the number one overall prospect in our farm system. It's not even close. This guy has all the ability in the world. Like if he hits his ceiling, a insider that I won't give the straight shout out to because I'm not 100% sure if whether or not this is actually going to come to fruition because this is just a projection. But if this guy comes to fruition that I think he can do, this guy could be one of the best prospects in baseball within one year, which is like a diamond in the rough that never shows up. You're talking about a player like a Ronald Acuna, a Juan Soto, a Julio Rodriguez, um, Frankie Lindor in his prime. Um, it's, It's very rare, very, very rare that you see a player of this caliber come through the farm, come through the overall slot bonuses, all that jazz. He's going to get a lot of money. The marriage are just going to dump it all to him, I would anticipate, and he's probably worth every single penny. And then once again, for everybody like I talked about last podcast that was freaking out about how we spent every prospect to get Luis Castillo, this is how you revamp. You go into the uh, international slot bonus money. You find the best kids. You see, hey, look, we have Julio Rodriguez, Luis Castillo, Come play with us, and when you have players like that, and when Julio performed the way he did at the All-Star Game and during the Home Run Derby, now you're gaining clout. Now players want to sign with you versus the Yankees, the Dodgers, Red Sox, Padres, all that jazz. So I just want to give that name out, Felden Celestine. Pitching Probables tonight is going to be Robbie Ray versus Patrick Sandoval. I'm really excited for this matchup. I cannot wait for these Angels to come into town. I do not anticipate any kind of a brawl, I don't anticipate any kind of, you know, a beanbag match for bare lack of analogy, because the Mariners can't afford it right now. The Angels sold off; they just put the white flag up. They say we quit, we're done. the same season isn't for us. My Trout's probably going to be hurt for the rest of his career. Shohei Otani not going to resign with us, which a report came out this morning that they still do not intend to sell him at next year's trade deadline, which I adamantly believe is false. And if they, if it's not false, it just reassures. My opinion and my fact of nature that the Angels are a joke of a franchise. If you know for a fact that one of the best players of our generation is not going to resign with you and you can get a haul for this guy, you have to do it. You have to trade him, bite the bullet. It sucks, whatever. Deal with it. You're the Angels. Reap the rewards and enjoy your own bed in the fresh seats. Whatever you you, want to call it. Bye-bye. Okay, that's what I got to say about the Angels. I'm not going to do the rant on that. But uh, Seahawks, I got a a couple of things here. I got an an interesting signing they did today that I got some stats on from him from last season. And then uh, we're going to finish with Storm today. We're going to get a little bit of a Storm section in today. I uh, talked about that on the last podcast. I want to get through on that as well. Pete Carroll for Seattle and the Hawks is back from his COVID absence. Welcome back, Coach Pete. Hope you're doing well. He is masked up. All that good jazz, trying to take safety uh, precautions, as he should. So it's nice to have Coach Pete back in, on the field, back in the mix. The signing I, I talked about just about a minute ago. The Seahawks signed linebacker Joel Du Dublanco. It's a name and a half. Uh, he was a college teammate with Kobe Bryant at Cincinnati. He was a team captain and an all-conference uh, pick from last year's team. He was one of the top linebackers for the conference in general. Uh, man, this is going to be a tough one. Joel DeBlanco, in his senior year at Cincinnati, recorded 113 tackles, 11.5 tackles for loss, 5.5 sacks. This guy was a monster. He was a cyclone all over the field. And if that's going to be the case, Jake Hausman, who was uh, released to make room for this guy. Sorry, man. I know you run away with the team for a, a couple of days. I know it's not the funnest thing or it's not fair. That's It's just a business. Uh, obviously, it's not, nothing personal. I'm sure he knows that. But this guy, I just say it again, they are building depth at linebacker. Uh, they talked about uh, Ty Jones or Vi Jones, excuse me, from Mississippi State. Guy looks like a clone of K.J. Wright. They are so deep at linebacker right now. I love this linebacker crew. They're so fast. They're so smart. And Pete's talked about just over and over and over again. I keep talking about this. The speed of his defense is different this year. Abe Lucas finally is getting his first run at right tackle with the starters today. Um, I don't know if it's just a rest day for Jake Kerhan. What all that good jazz. Kerhan hasn't playing right guard due to the fact that Phil, uh, that Gabe Jackson is still recovering from his knee surgery in general. So. I don't know what that means going forward. I have seen some reports saying they might just cut Gabe Jackson. And because Phil Haynes is just playing like a man possessed right now. And I love Phil Haynes. When he was drafted at a Wake Forest, late round draft pick. The dude is a monstrous man. He's huge. He moves well. He is strong as an ox, literally. I would love to see how much he squats. I bet you it's probably close to 500 pounds. But the guy is a monster. He's an animal. And he's going to push Damian Lewis and all those other guys. Uh, they have a, a guard also who is an undrafted kid. I'll have to pull his name up for next podcast, which I'll have tomorrow on takeaways after today's practice since they're on the field right now. But uh, really happy for Abe Lucas getting some shot and some run with the first team today at right tackle. See how he does in fares against the edge rushers such as Daryl Taylor and Chan Uwosu, Boye Mafe, all that jazz. Um, Sidney Jones continues to really be in the mix for that starting right corner spot. I really like how he's playing overall in general, all over, all over the field. He's been a little bit of a pest on Tyler Lockett lately in practice. Tyler Lockett's been cooking up everybody, which is just what Tyler Lockett does. Cause he's one of the best receivers in football, especially for what he does on the field and his shiftiness and his ability to route run and create separation for his smaller size. Mock game. Is tomorrow at Lumen Field. You can buy tickets still. I believe they're about 20 bucks, 22 bucks. Which, I mean, if you guys got nothing else going on tomorrow, go on Lumen Field. Watch a free game, or essentially a free game. It's 20 bucks. Get in the door. You're not paying 20 bucks for a Seahawks game that comes to preseason, I'll tell you that much. So take advantage of that when you have the opportunity. Um. And that's going to be pretty much the takeaways for the Hawks today. Like I said, I will have more tomorrow after the, today's practice. Kind of see who stood out today in practice. All that good jazz. Hopefully no fights show up today or just shoving matches. But we'll see what happens. The Storm. Uh, month of July for the Storm. 7-5 and five record. Not bad. Uh, it's kind of what I anticipated looking at the record. I'm getting more uh, acquainted with the overall team and the schedule. And looking at what teams are better than others. And kind of getting an understanding and understanding. Uh, acknowledging who the best teams in each conference are all that good jazz dominant wins uh so far have been 106 69 over the sparks 95 73 win over the fever on july 5th and then they also played the fever on july 1st and won 73 to 57 wednesday august 3rd uh 89 77 win over the lynx Brianna Stewart led the way in that game, 33 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, shooting 13 of 20 on field goals from the floor, 4 of 8 from 3-point range. All but one starter finished in double figures for that game. So, obviously, that's a great showing, especially for an overall team. And then next game is going to be tomorrow, Sunday, noon, versus the uh, Aces, which will be on ABC. And I just want to give a shout-out to a couple ladies on that team that are just... Balling out, quite frankly. I don't know about the way to put it, because they just they're just balling. Brianna Stewart, goodness gracious, twenty-one point five points per game, seven point one rebounds, two point eight assists. She is continuing to be the pillar of this team. Obviously, this has been the uh retirement reunion for Sue Bird and her tour and her retirement tour around the WNBA. But Brianna Stewart continues to shoulder the load, just playing great overall basketball and does what she does best and just dominates her competition on a nightly basis. And then an honorable mention throwout to Jewel Lloyd so far this season, 32 games, 15.9 points per game, 2.7 rebounds, 3.6 assists. Those two ladies are really playing well this season. I'm going to do some more dives on this if you guys enjoy this deep content and cover on the Seattle Storm. Trying to just branch out and make these podcasts somewhat a little bit longer to see if you guys enjoy them closer to 30 versus 20 and 15 or 17 to 20, give or take, what I have on a daily basis. And uh, that's what I got for you guys today. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, please, please subscribe. Leave me a rating. All that really helps me out a ton. Kind of gives me an idea on what I can talk about. I will have the the latest post up on the sports group on Facebook, Sports in the Northwest. I will have a comment section down below. Thank you guys for commenting, uh, letting me know, you know, overall topics, things you'd like me to cover for next podcast. Seahawks practice is going to wrap up today here shortly. I'll work on my takeaways for tomorrow. Big game tonight at the Electric Factory. And I'm super pumped up to watch the Mariners play tonight. Robbie Ray, Patrick Sandoval, all that good jazz. Thank you guys so much for listening. I always hop out here with the same routine. See us, rise, Go Hawks.